Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. This is the match preview. Newcastle head down to Southampton for a game on Friday night in front of the Sky cameras. We'll hear from our chief sports writer, Lee Redder, head coach Steve Bruce, and Southampton writer Tom Leach to preview a game which could see Newcastle, if they win, head up into the top four. Hello, thanks for tuning in. Newcastle United could break into the top four with victory over Southampton on Friday evening. The Saints themselves would go top with a win over Newcastle. It just goes to show how strange this season has been so far. Newcastle, obviously, they beat Everton last weekend and on the back of that result should be coming in this game in high spirits. Steve Bruce has spoken to reporters before the game confirmed that there's no new injury concerns so everyone has come through unscathed they're only missing John Joe Shelby and Matt Ritchie who of course are recovering from long term injuries and what stood out in his briefing to reporters was what he made of that Everton result and what it's done for the team's confidence Well it gives it gives that little bit of confidence which a result does you know that sometimes it's the manner of a tune which we play which was pleasing so I hope the supporters have enjoyed watching that team play and, and getting a result against a really decent Everton side. And, and um, let's have more of the same. We'll have to play well to get something out of Southampton. So there's Newcastle United head coach Steve Bruce. And he's not wrong about Southampton. They're coming to this game in fantastic form, having won four of their last five. They'll be well aware that a win takes them to the top of the table, although that is being played down. I mean, the season's crazy. It'll probably be someone else in a couple of weeks in the same position. They have been hit by the blow to Danny Ings, the striker, their star man, who's going to be out for quite a while with a bad knee injury. That, is, of course, is a boost to Newcastle. Obviously, we don't want to see anyone get injured and we pass our best wishes on to the striker, but it does boost Newcastle. It gives them one less issue to think about. Of course, Southampton, as we'll learn with our chat with Tom Lee from Hampshire Live later in the show. Do have other star players. James Ward-Prowse is one who stands out. He got a double against Aston Villa. Saints boss Ralph Hazelden has been speaking about Newcastle, talking about their defensive setup, their defensive shape, and he clearly expects it to be a defensive approach from Newcastle. And it's going to be interesting, the contrast and styles um, of both sides. And it's going to be fascinating to see that play out. We'll now hear from our chief sports writer, Lee Ryder. Well, I think looking back at the press conference, it was probably one of the most chilled press conferences we've had in, in 18 months under Steve Bruce because things are going well. Newcastle have picked up four points from six. They know a win at Southampton can put them into the top four of the Premier League going into an international break. Uh, it's all it's all positive, really. Um, I know there's room for improvement. You look across the pitch and, you know, there are areas where Newcastle, you know, they need to, to show that sort of kind of instinct in the final third a little bit more than they have and you know relying on Callum Wilson has been a key factor this season so you know others need to start contributing but I think with Steve Bruce now he's got real selection sort of dilemmas welcome dilemmas if you like because he knows that you know if if Fraser, St Maximin and Wilson are all fit then you know his front three are, are almost there for 
for everyone to pick, and I'm sure pretty much everybody, given the telepathy between Wilson and uh, Fraser of Bournemouth, I think everybody would you know, pick those three first. Um, and then there's options in midfield as well. So it's going well for Steve Bruce at the minute. You look at this fixture last season, a 1-0 win when St Maximin scored to really um, reduce the pressure around the place. And a 1-0 win would be fantastic this time um, for Steve Bruce as well. But we hope that they can just show that right balance um, of good defensive play and being a threat at the other end. And if they can do that, then they've got every chance of another good victory. So that was our chief sports writer, Lee Ryder. And you can read his piece inside Steve Bruce's press conference over on chroniclelive.co.uk where he writes about Newcastle's fantastic away form unbeaten on the road so far this season and what Steve Bruce had to say when asked about keeping that intact. Now, just before we hear from Hampshire Live's Tom Leach, Give us some insight into Southampton. Just a quick reminder of the competition we're running where one of you guys can win a copy of Football Manager 2021. And not only that, win it and have access to it before anybody else. What you need to do to enter is leave a review of the Everything is Black and White podcast over on iTunes and then fill in a form which will be attached to every tweet of the podcast going out where you put in that review and leave your details so we can enter you into the hat for the draw. The closing date is November the 16th at midnight and we will reveal the winner during the podcast on November the 17th where you'll be given a special code word and you'll have to email us within 40 hours to claim your prize. Thank you very much for taking part. Now here is Tom Leach from Hampshire Live. Hi Tom, thanks for joining us on the Everything is Black and White podcast. A big game for Southampton, victory would take them top of the Premier League, something I would imagine that their fans wouldn't even have dreamt of this time last year or maybe even at the start of this season. But the Premier League is a bit crazy, isn't it? And that is the positive situation they find themselves in. They come to this game four wins out of their last five and tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm assuming that Southampton fans think this is a game they should be winning and the team themselves probably look at Newcastle as three points they should be winning and securing and there we have it, taking them to the top of the Premier League. I think that was definitely the mood up until we had all the news regarding injuries since that Aston Villa win. Um, It kind of played out during the Aston Villa win, to be honest with you. I mean, an hour into the game, we were 4 it up. Danny Ings had just curled one into the top corner and I was thinking to myself, this is, this is the best I've seen Southampton play in, in a long time. Um, and from that moment, it started to all feel like a defeat in a way. It was, it was quite strange. We had Ryan Bertrand go off injured. Uh, we had Jan Bednarak go off injured. Two players have been very, very, very important for us this season. Uh, and then obviously Danny Ings goes off late on. Um, a lot of lot of work on his knee on the field and then an ice pack on his field as he's as he sat in the dugout not looking happy and we all know his history with knee injuries so uh, from that point on and then obviously the three goals we conceded late on against Villa it all felt a little bit a little bit daunting uh so the mood going into this one isn't as high as it probably should be considering we can go top of the table for the first time in our Premier League history which is unthinkable as he just said especially kind of before project restart last season where things were looking a little bit shaky uh the form after project restart was was unbelievable uh got got saints right up to that top half spot of the table that they're aiming for for next for for this season which was the target for this season and now the aims for this season are kind of being adjusted a little bit it's it's been a more up and down start than i think people realize the first three games of the season were awful 
Uh, defeat at Palace didn't look very good. There was that 5-2 defeat against Spurs that Hassan Hill got, got battered for. And, and then they went out the EFL Cup to Brentford and they looked the second best side on the pitch. Since then, it's been completely different. So it's been more up and down than people think. It's a bit hard to believe, really, after that start that they are where they are. Um, but yeah, they can go top, which is, which is unbelievable. We mentioned there the game against Villa, you know, really good uh, start of the game. And then they were, they were what, four goals up and then Villa got back in. Was it a case that Southampton switched off or the injuries that you mentioned, did that play a big part in allowing Aston Villa back into the game? Because, you know, obviously Jack Grealish scored with the last kick of the game, but it looked like Southampton were pretty grateful for, for it being the last kick of the game because five minutes more and, you know, they probably would have got an equaliser. But was it more that the injuries played a part rather than Southampton just kind of switched off? I think a little bit of both, to be honest. Um, I think they came out from the break maybe focused on just seeing the game out as opposed to keeping doing what they're doing, which is perfectly reasonable when you fall in a lot. Um, maybe trying out some, some new things defensively and, and working on their shape there. And they lost Bednarak at, at the break, which didn't help. And came Jack Stevens, who Jack Stevens' last performance was that 5-2 defeat at Tottenham. And his confidence is probably a little bit shaky at, at the minute. So that played an impact. I think just the momentum of the game switched as well. I don't think Villa were deserving of being 4-0 down. I mean, we all saw that how it played out. It was two moments of brilliance, really, from James Ward-Prowse and then a moment of brilliance from Danny Ings with, with three of the four goals. Um, so I don't think Villa were deserving to be 4-0 down in the first place. Um, a one-goal swing probably was fair at full time. Um, I think it was a bit of both. I think they maybe switched off a little bit and also the way the injuries played out, it was one injury, then it was another one and then it was Danny Ings. It was always going to kind of snowball against, against Southampton. You mentioned Danny Ings obviously injured. Bad news for Southampton. Bad news for England as well with the squad being announced today, which is Thursday afternoon. Who replaces him? You know, I know Shane Long's there, but can you let our listeners know who else might replace him? I think, I don't know if I'm making this up in my head, but every time I see Shane Long against Newcastle, it does strike a bit of fear into me. I can't <laughs> really remember why, but I do remember thinking every time he gets off the bench, he's going to score. Is that is has he got a good record against Newcastle? I think I might have just made that up in my head, but will I'm he not, replace I'm, Danny Ings? I'm not too sure. It's an interesting one as to who comes in for Danny Ings. Um, personally, I've kind of been campaigning a little bit to see Theo Walker in that role. The way that Hasnigal plays is it's he calls it a four-two-two-two. Uh, he kind of says he explains it as he plays two number sixes and two number tens. Whether it looks like that, I mean. For me, it looks more like a 4-4-2 off the ball and then a 4-2-3-1 when they're on the ball. So one of the strikers sits slightly deeper. So that's why I feel like maybe Theo Walcott might suit that role quite well. Um, he obviously played central, although it was about seven, eight years ago. He played central for Arsenal a lot um, at times and didn't have a bad goal record. Um, it could be Shane Long. Uh, it could also be uh, Dan and Lundula, who's someone that I'd imagine no Newcastle fans have ever heard of. He's 21 years old. He made his Premier League debut. Um, against Everton uh, the last game at St Mary's um, he is a player who um, Hasnick was really fond of um, might give him a shot uh, it kind of remains to be seen uh, there's Michael Obafemi as well but he's sort of fallen out of the fold in recent weeks he's dropped off the bench um, Hasnick spoke about him yesterday and said that there's things he needs to improve on I think it'll be Shane Long with Che with Adams just behind him um, but 
Jay Adams has hit form recently, so whether whether Hasnoodle thinks about pushing him into Danny Ings's role, hoping that those goals continue to flow from Jay Adams, and then Theo Walcott can do a little bit more of the dirty work behind him. So I've just checked Shane Long's record there. He scored four goals against Newcastle in ten games, five assists. So one yeah, of them right has been a nightmare for me. I don't know why. That's not bad though, is it really? Nine direct contributions in 10 games. That's not awful at all. If you were a Villa fan, it's nine and 12. So that's, you know, they'd be fearing fear and worse. <laughs> something must have happened to make me fear them. Um, I mean, that's obviously Ings is a massive loss, but a big boost for Newcastle. So I was going to ask about the strengths of Southampton and I imagine, you know, Danny Ings would probably be up there as, as one of the strengths, you know, because he is, a phenomenal striker. You've got Jade Ward Prowse, James Ward Prowse in the middle, who just seems no disrespect to Southampton. I know they're second in the league, but every time I watch him play, I think he, you know, he's got to be destined for the so-called top four teams because he controls games. He's got the passing ability. Obviously, he knows where the goal is. His set pieces are fantastic. I suppose um, I don't know. Is that is that another player Newcastle need to keep quiet on Friday? I struggled with wording that yesterday in a similar way to, to the way that you just did. As I spoke to Hassan Hüttel, I kind of said, James Ward-Prowse is 26 now. How far can he go in the second half of his career without being offensive to Southampton? <laughs> um, and he said, in simple terms, he said, uh, James Ward-Prowse is one of the best midfielders in the Premier League. So I guess that tells you what you need to know of how highly Hassan Hüttel rates him. Uh, in terms of strength for Southampton, I don't think it's... Their personnel is good. I think we can all see that. I don't think that's their biggest strength. I think their biggest strength is their manager and their style at the minute. They press so well, as good as anybody. If you look at all the pressing stats in the Premier League, one thing that um, Hasnett was quite keen always to kind of look at is um, passes per defensive action is the stat, is how many passes the opposition team managed to make before Southampton win it back. And in the Premier League, it goes Liverpool, Leeds, Southampton. And then there's quite a big margin until I think we get to Brighton, I think a fourth, and then Manchester City. So in terms of how well they press, they are very, very good. One of the best in Europe. Um, I think Newcastle fans will notice that on Friday night, whether that might change without Danny Ings. But it's Che Adams who's been the king of the press uh, so far for Southampton. He is one of the most hardest working players in the league this season. Never stops running. Uh, almost always smashes running stats. And even Theo Walcott did that in his debut. He hadn't played 90 minutes since, I think, February uh, he came on, came, got forced in against Chelsea because of injuries. And at full time, he'd run more yards than anyone on the pitch, which was mind-blowing to see. So it's energetic. I think that's probably their biggest strength. Uh, they've got a lot of defensive strength as well at the minute. Whether that's going to be shaken now, because essentially he's only got four defenders fit um, for, for, for Friday night. Um, but the best defender this season really has been Yannick Vestergaard and he's fully fit. So he'll still be there. Uh, Jan Bednarat was another doubt. Um, he trained yesterday I'm told so that's a bonus initially we thought he wouldn't be involved but he did train yesterday so he will I imagine training in today I've seen some pictures of training too and he looked like he was doing full contact so there's probably a good chance he'll be involved which will be a big boost and then it's probably Kyle Walker-Peters shifted from a right back to a left back which is going to be interesting and then maybe Jack Stevens from centre back at right back uh, because I don't think he'll move James Ward-Prowse to right back, which a lot of people are suggesting, but that would be a strange move after how good he's been in midfield this season. Off air, before we came on, I mentioned I was going to ask you about injuries and you were busy writing down the list. So how many injuries are on that piece of paper in front of you? 
and how many are key? I mean, obviously we've spoken about Danny Ings, but other than Danny Ings, how many of them are key injuries? There's six on the list in front of me. One is a maybe. Uh, so we've got Jan Benarak, who I've just mentioned, and explained that he's back in training now, so he could be back. Um, we've got uh, Musa Gianepo is now back, which is a bonus. Uh, Danny Ings is obviously out. Um, Mohamed Salisu is another really interesting one for Southampton fans. He's 10.9 million pounds summer signing from Real by Adelaide. Um, at the start of the season, it wasn't too sure who Southampton's two centre-backs were going to be. Since then, Vestergaard and Bednarak have cemented their place. Um, and it was going to be Salisu was going to be the one who was going to move in and, and be Southampton's main defender. No one's seen him. We've seen pictures of him in training. He's not even made a bench yet. He's had injury problems. Uh, he's had other issues that, that the club keeps saying have prevented him from getting in the team. So he's another one that we're told isn't going to be available. Uh, Carl Walker-Peters will move to left-back, as I just said, because there's going to be no Ryan Bertrand because of a hamstring problem. Uh, Bertrand's understudy is Jake Vokins. He's out injured, we're told. So there's no left-back at the club, which is the problem with Carl Walker-Peters. And then the reason why James Ward-Prowse can't move to right-back is because his understudy will smallbone his angels as well. So pretty much everywhere where there's one injury, there's another injury, which is kind of what's made it such a headache for Hassan really. Yeah, it doesn't sound brilliant, especially when you know a win could take you to the top of the table. You want to be focusing on that, not the, the injuries. You mentioned Southampton's playing style there. They like the press, whereas Newcastle like to absorb the pressure and hit on the counter. So when you, when you put that all together, it sounds like it's going to be quite an interesting game because mm. it sounds like neither side really want the ball that much. They want to let the other team have it and, you know, enforce some mistakes or like we say, absorb the pressure in Newcastle's instance. So how do you think that's going to play out the two contrasting styles of play? It worries me a little bit, but the fact that Southampton have kept their midfield fully fit in that we are going to have uh, Redmond, Armstrong, Ward-Prowse, Romeo, Walcott, they're all fit. That is a boost um, in terms of, of how those two styles are going to clash. The reason it worries me is Southampton did struggle against Spurs, who did sit back a little bit, and they used Kane and Son to counter Southampton, and they scored five. Um, and they made Southampton's line and their press look almost embarrassingly high that Son was able to get in and behind probably about 15 times across the 90 minutes. Um, I think it'll be interesting. Um, I think just, like you just said, the nature of one sitting and one quite, high, quite keen to press high. But Southampton do like having the ball. Uh, although they do press, they do like having the ball. Uh, I was at the Burnley game, well, I've been every game, but the Burnley game was quite an interesting one because I was sat opposite the dugout for the first time and in a behind-closed-doors game, I could hear every word that Hasnickel was shouting. And he was yelling at them to keep the ball, work the opposition, tire out the opposition. Whether that's going to work against a Newcastle, we were quite happy to sit, conserve their energy. I guess we'll have to wait and see. That's why it'll be such a good game. Indeed, and the record against Newcastle is is shocking. And it was mentioned yesterday in the manager's press conference. And I've just had a little look before we came on. I knew it was quite bad for Southampton, but I didn't realise Newcastle mm. are pretty much the bogey side for Southampton. Um, you have to go back to April 2016 for the last Saints win, 2-1. If my memory serves me correct, that's when Jarl Jan Matt punched a wall. If I think, I think I'm correct in saying that, <laughs> yeah, Newcastle went down. And since then, two draws and four wins for Newcastle. So it hasn't been a happy stomping ground for, for the manager. Um, 
Do you think you could you could find a win this time around? It's we've got a few bogey sides. We've we've played. This is the second one we've played. Uh, the first one was Burnley, and all the talk going into that one was how much Southampton have struggled at Burnley over the years. Um, and Hasnett all said that he would be using that as inspiration. He said yesterday that before the season started, they were quite keen to make sure that those teams they struggled against last season are the ones that they dominate this season. So Newcastle will be one of those sides on that list, as Burnley were. They went to Burnley, they overran Burnley, they outworked Burnley and they got the win. So that will give the players confidence that no matter what past records say or who is the bogey team against who, that Southampton are different this season and they can get wins in places that they weren't getting wins last season. So if you were Steve Bruce and you were telling your side about weakness to take advantage of, what would you be saying about Southampton? It's tricky at the moment because of the way they've been. There's not been many many weaknesses at all. They've came up against Everton at the top of the table and they beat them 2-0. Uh, they came up against Villa who were flying high only a few weeks after their 7-2 win against Liverpool and got them beat them 4-3. Um, I think the weaknesses will be the individuals to exploit for this one, uh, which Villa did in that second half with the players that came on to replace obviously the injured ones that left the field and there are obviously going to be some players in the side that aren't in there every week and I think Steve Bruce will probably be looking to exploit those especially on the counter-attack if players like uh, you know if Walker Peters gets moved to left back or if Jack Stevens plays at right back there's definitely counter-attack opportunities I'd imagine there that's not an awful lot of pace at right back if Jack Stevens is going to go there so maybe that's something to look at I don't think it would be a a style thing or a particular area, I think it would be individuals that can be exploited if, if Newcastle want to get the win on Friday night. And in terms of Newcastle's personnel, Steve Bruce said in his press conference that you know <coughs> injuries is fine. They're without uh, Matt Ritchie and John Joe Shelby, but other than that, everyone's come through. So who are you most looking forward to seeing or fearing might be a better term of phrase uh, from Newcastle? Callum Wilson probably is the first one that springs to mind. He's had a great start to his time at Newcastle, obviously. Um, I used to cover, cover Coventry City before I covered uh, Southampton so I know all about his rise through Coventry and the injuries that he had at Coventry that delayed him and just how good he was and uh, yeah, yeah I like seeing him whenever he plays really because I like watching his development and as I say I think it's going to be partic- uh, mostly defensive frailties for Southampton on Friday night and the form he's in and the confidence he's got he'll be looking to exploit them and he could be the one as well to profit I'd imagine from Danny Ings not being in the England side as well um, he could well come in to fill that gap. So he's going to be probably brimming with confidence on Friday night. Well, I was just going to say that because um, he said six goals in his first seven at Newcastle in the Premier League, which has only been beaten by Les Ferdinand at Newcastle. So not a bad name to come second to. But like you say, he might replace Danny Ings in the England squad and that'll give him a boost. But then if he doesn't get in, I'm sure you'll be looking to, to say to South to say to South yeah, to say to Gareth Southgate that you know you should have picked me and then Southampton might uh, feel the wrath of uh, a scorned Callum Wilson on, on Friday night um, trying to prove a point to Southgate which should be quite an interesting um, interesting thing to see yeah well, absolutely finish- I, I wrote a piece the other day about, about the Newcastle Southampton game in that I think it's a game that Gareth Southgate's got to be at I think there's a lot of question marks uh, about his side heading into the Euros and places where they're strong and places where they're not. Obviously, there's question marks about Pickford almost all the time and you know there's two good goalkeepers going to be on the field. Um, 
Yeah, I think there's, there's, it's a shame he didn't fit because it would have been a really good one for Southgate to be out. There'd have been so many good English players in almost every position uh, for both sides. So I think it's one that he definitely needs to watch. We'll finish with your score prediction then as we do every week with uh, opposition journalists. How are you seeing this one going? <sighs> it's always tricky, this, isn't it? As the nature of any score prediction. Because I'm not full of confidence after the Danny Ings news. Uh, I think Southampton will concede goals and that makes me wonder where they're going to come from without Danny Ings I'm going to go 1-1 I think I'm going to play it safe so just a quick note we're now over on YouTube at the Everything is Black and White podcast and if you're liking what you're hearing why not come and see what we're producing we'd really like you to hit subscribe we're also over on Instagram at Chronicle NUFC and in the usual place on Twitter and Facebook we'd really like the likes the reviews and the subscriptions because without your continued support we can't get very far so thank you very much for listening